You are Locked On SEC, your daily podcast on the Southeastern Conference. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? Welcome into Locked On SEC. Great to have you guys along. Today's show is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. On today's show, regional action. We will touch on all nine of the SEC baseball teams this past weekend in regional play. Some good, some bad. We'll get you caught up on all of it. In the good, the bad, and the ugly, Florida baseball. They were the ugly. Now a huge looming decision to be made by head coach Kevin O'Sullivan. Should he stay at Florida or should he go to LSU? We'll give you the latest there. And lastly, we'll get you caught up on any football news you may have missed over the weekend. We will go around the conference. I'm Chris Gordy. Be sure to follow Locked on SEC for free wherever you get your podcast. you get the latest episode as soon as it comes out. All right, let's jump into it. Winners from the weekend. Winner. And now, your winners of the weekend. Real winners win. All right, let's start with Mississippi State. On Saturday, they pounded VCU 15-4 behind 14 hits and three home runs. Top three Mississippi State batters, Rowdy Jordan, Tanner Allen, and Cameron James, each had three hits in the victory. So Mississippi State, they advanced to the Starkville Regional Final, which was originally scheduled for last night, but that moves to 11 a.m. this morning, 11 a.m. Central due to weather. So it'll be Mississippi State versus Campbell. Keep in mind, if State loses this one, they'll play a Game 7 later today at 3 p.m. Central if necessary. Tennessee, they avoided a big upset on Friday night with a walk-off Grand Slam to beat Wright State. Then on Saturday, they slugged five home runs in a 9-3 victory over Liberty. So on Sunday evening, the stage was set for Tennessee against Liberty once again, and Tennessee handled their business, beating them 3-1, and the Vols advanced to the Super Regionals for the first time since 2005. Well, Heflin, he threw over five innings of one-run ball. Sean Hunley picked up the slack from there, pitching the rest of the way. Drew Gilbert drove in two runs. So Tennessee advances to host their Super Regional next weekend in Knoxville. More on their opponent in just a second. Vanderbilt... They held off Georgia Tech 4-3 as Jack Leiter fanned 11 in six innings of three-hit ball. That was on Saturday. He was outstanding. Uh, Leiter, six innings, one run, 11 strikeouts. Stuff is just so impressive. And that one-two punch of him and Kumar Rocker heading into next weekend is very dangerous. But the Commodores, uh, they took on Georgia Tech last night, and it was not easy. In fact, it took Vandy's Isaiah Thomas playing the hero, the outfielder, Hit a grand slam with one out in the 11th inning. And the Vandy Commodores advanced to the Super Regionals with a 14-11 win over Georgia Tech. And Vandy will next host East Carolina next week in a three-game Super Regional Series. Game dates and times will be announced very soon, but going to be a good one. ECU is very good, but man, I just love that one-two punch Vandy starts off with, with Rocker and Lighter, and I just don't see anybody beating them if those guys are on on saturday arkansas they made the most of their five hits while holding nebraska to five hits and they won a five to one in fayetteville patrick patrick wicklander started and pitched five innings of two hit ball kevin cops made his second appearance of the weekend and worked four scoreless frames striking out seven that came after he threw 24 pitches on friday night against new jersey tech so last night it was nebraska versus arkansas again and Arkansas took an early lead in the third. They were up 3-1. to one. 
but no Kevin Copps available. Remember, he pitched Friday, he pitched Saturday, and Nebraska able to get three runs back in the fifth, all runs attributed to Lyle Lockhart, take a 5-3 lead, and Nebraska's pitching just shut down Arkansas after the third inning. Razorbacks went scoreless in the fourth, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh, the eighth, the ninth. And so we get a game seven tonight at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN2 for the rights to advance to the Super Regional. And, man, Arkansas, top seed. Hate to see them not get out of their own Fayetteville Regional. But going to be a really good one tonight. I'm excited to to see it. Could Kevin Copps be available for an inning or two? We will see. But uh, Arkansas and Nebraska, this should be a really, really good one tonight. At Ole Miss, the legend of Tim Elko has a new chapter on Saturday with his team trailing by one with two on. Elko grounded out to the shortstop, but hobbling down the line at a speed way faster uh, than anybody imagined. He was able to get to first, force an errant throw, allowing both runners to score. Ole Miss beat Florida State 4-3 on Saturday, riding Doug Nikhazy, who was outstanding, struck out 16 Florida State batters in seven innings. Closer Taylor Broadway worked the final two frames with three more strikeouts, and the Rebels won despite only four hits. Last night, much different game. Ole Miss-Southern Miss, it was a crazy one. After the first inning, Southern Miss led 7-4. So not great pitching early on, but Southern Miss, they would turn it on pitching-wise. They would shut down the Ole Miss bats from the fifth inning on. Southern Miss won last night 10-7, forcing a decisive Game 7 today at 12 o'clock noon so going to be uh, an interesting one there for uh, Ole Miss it'll be air on ESPN2 Southern Miss is a good team but Ole Miss come on Rebs take your business and win your Oxford Regional over on the west coast after being shut out by Gonzaga on Friday night LSU found a way to survive against a scrappy Central Connecticut State Club on Saturday winning that one 6-5 to five in 10 innings so then yesterday, they played Gonzaga again, and they beat Gonzaga 9-4. to It's their batch of red hot to advance to play Oregon last night. So LSU versus Oregon last night. Tigers got some really good pitching, particularly from Javen Coleman, who came in in relief and pitched six innings versus the Ducks, allowing just one run off three hits. LSU got home runs from Dylan Cruz and De- Gavin Dugas, and LSU won it 4-1. to So they will now play... A decisive Game 7 later tonight at 9 p.m. Central. Remember, this regional is paired up with Knoxville. So if LSU is able to find a way to win tonight, not only does it keep Coach Paul Maneri's baseball career alive as he announced he's retiring after this season, but LSU would have to go to Knoxville where they played some really close games this year. I believe they got swept, but a couple of them were walk-off wins for the Vols. So if you're a Vols fan, I think you're a little nervous. You maybe not don't want to see LSU again. You'd rather play, take your chances and play Oregon, but uh, nonetheless, that'll be a good one tonight. We'll see if LSU can get it done and knock off Oregon in the Eugene Regional. And just a quick note, Alabama softball, they fell to Florida State last night in the Women's College World Series 2-0, so they will play a rematch tonight at 6 p.m. Central on ESPN for a spot in the championship series starting tomorrow. James Madison and Oklahoma, they also play later today for a right to go to the title game. So, you know, if it goes chalk, it'll be Alabama versus Oklahoma in the championship series. But a lot of stuff can happen. We'll see if James Madison or Florida State is able to upset Alabama. We'll get to Georgia in a little bit as they were eliminated in the uh, Women's College World Series. When we return, we'll hit on some of the losers of the weekend, including 
An embarrassing loss at home for the Florida Gators. Many had them as the preseason number one team in the country. That's coming up next. I want to remind you guys about Lucy Nicotine, a company founded by Caltech scientists and former smokers looking for a better and cleaner nicotine alternative. So finally, tobacco alternatives that don't suck. Uh, It's been researched and developed for three years to be made for people, not patients. Lucy has created a nicotine gum with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in three flavors. They also have a lozenge with four milligrams of nicotine that comes in several flavors as well. But Lucy lozenges and gums, it's convenient and discreet. Products can be enjoyed anywhere, on flights, at work, on the go, even at the gym. Check them out. Get rid of your cigarettes, unplug your vape, throw out your dip, and get some Lucy nicotine gum or lozenges. This is the real deal. A subscription to Lucy comes directly to your door each month. It is very simple, and you don't have to leave your house because Lucy has delivery down. Locked on College Network listeners, if you go to lucy.co and use our promo code Locked On College, you're going to get 20% off all products on your first order, including the gum or lozenges. That's lucy.co and use the promo code Locked On College at checkout. And I have to give this disclaimer warning this product contains nicotine derived from tobacco. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. Lucy.co and be sure to use that promo code Locked On College. Summer is here, and that means you need to make sure your car has everything it needs, and that means you need to go to rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for over 20 years. When you go to rockauto.com, shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of different manufacturers. Just about everything you need for your car, they got it. They got Their catalog is very uh, big and unique and easy to navigate. You can quickly see all the parts available for your vehicle. And choose from the prices that you prefer. They are always reliably low. The same for pros or do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the same parts? Go to rockauto.com right now. See all the parts available for your car. And make sure you're right locked on in their how-did-you-hear-about-us box so that they know that we sent you amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. It's rockauto.com. here locked on sec and we've been recapping a lot of the uh, the good from over the weekend when it comes to uh, sec baseball in regional play but there was a lot of bad as well a lot of teams uh, not living up to expectations so let's get into a little bit of the you know negatives from this past weekend in the uh, regional play across the sec and we start with probably the most disappointing, Florida. The Gators' season is over. They were the preseason number one team in the nation when the college baseball season started. The Gators, they were up and down throughout the year, but they turned it on late to earn a regional host bid, and they were two and out. When something like this happens, it makes you question a lot of things. We know talent wasn't the problem at Florida. They were loaded with it. Expectations are sky high every year based on you know, the player pipeline Coach Kevin O'Sullivan has built there. But the last time the Gators went 0-2 in a regional was also at home as the top seed. That was back in 2014. But the next season, they stormed back and they made, made it to the College World Series all the way to the semifinals. So the question now becomes, will Kevin O'Sullivan still be the head Gator next year? Or will he be headed to Baton Rouge? 
He's obviously been very tight-lipped about it, but now that Florida's season is over, speculation is going to ramp up. And Kevin O'Sullivan's going to have to decide whether he's going to stay at Florida or if he wants to go to LSU. Either way, O'Sullivan is in a great spot, regardless of how terrible the weekend was for the Gators. But he did sit helplessly on Saturday as South Alabama, a team that lost 1-0 Friday and batting 242 on the season. They pounded out 21 hits, including 10 consecutively in a 10-run sixth inning for South Alabama. The Gators went on to lose 19-1. That 18-run margin of defeat was the largest for an SEC team in NCAA tournament history. No SEC team had ever lost by that many runs. So, look, it was disappointing. If you're a Gators fan, you're not happy. And you also have to kind of wonder if the LSU job speculation centered around Kevin O'Sullivan had his team a bit unsettled. Either way, like we said, Kevin O'Sullivan wins. But with LSU announcing... Just over a week ago, the pulmonary is on the way out. And we know that Scott Woodward, their athletic director, likes to go big game hunting. Remember when he was the AD at Texas A&M? He went out and brought in Jimbo Fisher. Since he's been at LSU, he went and brought in Kim Mulkey to coach women's basketball. And I'm sure he's going to go big game hunting when it comes to baseball. And the one name that surfaced very early when this news was announced, the pulmonary was retiring, was that Kevin O'Sullivan is at the top of their list. The question is how, I guess you would say, unappreciated is Kevin O'Sullivan feel at Florida? And if you're Florida, does it make it easier to let him go, having just seen what your team, who was preseason number one this year, loses on the first week in a postseason play? So in a way, it could be a win-win for both, but we'll continue to track it and keep you updated on the latest when it comes to Kevin O'Sullivan Does he stay or does he go? Stay in Gainesville or go to Baton Rouge? Either way, great spot. (laughs) Two great great college baseball programs. Uh, But will they care just a little bit more about it at LSU than Florida? And with that comes, you know, you get higher expectations in Baton Rouge than Florida. We will see. On the Columbia Regional, South Carolina, they saw their season come to a close Sunday afternoon with a 3-2 loss to Virginia in the second elimination game of the Columbia Regional. Carolina, they got their crowd back into the game in the seventh as Brennan Maloney hit a deep solo shot into the left field bleachers to lead off the inning. Braylon Wimmer and Colin Burgess followed with back-to-back singles, and the Gamecocks had all the momentum going. But, man, they caught a tough break as Joe Satterfield rips a line drive up the middle, right at the pitcher that he drops, but recovers, scoops it up, and it results in a 1-5-6 double play. It was crushing, and Gamecocks went on to lose 3-2. to two. And I saw a lot of Gamecock fans on social media very angry, saying they need a new hitting coach. Just look at the numbers. Gamecocks loaded with offense in their lineup. But they scored just four runs, one run, and two runs in their three games on the weekend at Founders Park. So some people taking some shots at assistant coach Stuart Lake. See if uh, they opt to make a change there. But yeah, not going to get it done when you average right around two runs 
per game in the postseason. Alabama, they were one of the final teams invited to the field of 64, and they looked a little overmatched in a loss to NC State on Friday. In an elimination game on Saturday against Ryder, the Tide found themselves tied up at one in the seventh. William Hammeter hit a two-run homer to provide the winning margin. So, Bama advanced to the elimination game on Sunday against Louisiana Tech. And, unfortunately, the Tide were eliminated, losing 10-7. However, they did create some drama in the ninth. They loaded the bases with just one out, scored a run when a ball got away, but not able to mount the comeback. All in all, it was a nice run this year by Alabama baseball, a team that many predicted to finish near the bottom of the conference at the start of the year. A solid year for Coach Brad Bohannon, but expectations will be for them to take things to the next level next season. And while we're discussing uh, disappointments from the weekend, University of Georgia softball team was eliminated from the Women's College World Series after an 8-0 loss in six innings to top-seeded Oklahoma on Saturday afternoon. Bulldogs finished the season 34-23. and Mary Wilson Avant worked uh, five innings in her start. She allowed five runs, four earned, and struck out two. Alabama and Georgia, the only two SEC schools to make it to the Women's College World Series this year, obviously getting there, very uh, uh, deserving of praise and that sort of thing. But if you're a Georgia fan, you hate to just see your team get there and lose almost as quickly as they got there. And also some other news to pass along. Georgia softball coach Lou Harris-Champer announced her retirement on Sunday after 25 years as a collegiate head coach, 21 of which were with the Bulldogs. The program said associate head coach Tony Baldwin will serve as interim head coach as they begin a search for her replacement. She said uh, afterwards, I'm beyond grateful for my time here in Athens. I was truly blessed to work with tremendous colleagues and coach amazing student athletes. That means so much to me. This decision came down to my family, and it was the right time for me to step away. She has 1,168 career victories, including 959 at Georgia, and made five of her seven career Women's College World Series appearances with the Bulldogs, the most recent trip, of course, this year. So best of luck to Lou Harris. All right, there you have it. When we come back, we are going to go around the conference, get you updated on some of the latest football news. That's next. Built Bar, still the best-tasting protein bar out there. What is your favorite Built Bar flavor? You know they've got nine delicious flavors, and when you talk to somebody who has had a Built Bar or a fan of the Built Bar, they're definitely passionate about the ones that they like the most. If you don't know, you're missing out. Coconut, coconut almond, cherry, raspberry, mint brownie, peanut butter brownie, double chocolate, salted caramel. There's something for everybody. And I tell you guys all the time, mint brownie, my favorite. But if you haven't tried them all, get a mixed box at BuiltBar.com. You'll get two of each of the nine flavors. Find out which one you like the most. Many of the flavors packed with 17 grams of protein, only 130 calories, 4 grams sugar, 4 grams net carbs. What are you waiting for? Go to BuiltBar.com right now. Use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Use the promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at BuiltBar.com. What are you waiting for? Right along here, locked on SEC. We spent a lot of time talking about baseball and softball, but there are some football nuggets 
that we got to get to. So uh, let's not waste any time. Let's jump into it. Let's go around the conference. Boots out to the right. Makes the handoff. What a catch! Around the conference. Big news over the weekend as Auburn announced Jordan Hare Stadium will return to 100% capacity for the 2021 football season. In addition, they announced full on-campus tailgating will also be permitted. Those decisions were made after consultation with state and local health officials and with input from tons of different groups representing Auburn University. The campus is also set to return to full in-person, on-campus academic student life this fall. So, man, starting to see more and more across the SEC and just cannot wait to get back to some bit of normalcy. Auburn Director of Athletics Alan Green released a statement said there is nothing like a fall weekend in the loveliest village on the plains from the pregame pageantry and eagle flight to the postgame celebration at Toomer's Corner and all of the shared experiences with friends and family. We are so excited to welcome back the Auburn family to Jordan-Hare and reintroduce our fans to the best game day experience in the nation. Of course, that's debatable. Other SEC schools might have something else to say about that. But regardless, fun to see Auburn joining the likes of Kentucky and South Carolina as SEC schools who have officially announced 100% capacity for the upcoming football season. Quick note for Auburn upper-level public season tickets, mini-packs, and single-game tickets will go on sale later this summer based on availability. The school announced they did say that fans looking to purchase single-game tickets can do so on some of the secondary websites out there. You know, we announced the over-under uh, betting odds from our friends at betonline.ag uh, just last week. And Chris Felica from ESPN Game Day, he went on the AP Top 25 College Football Podcast to talk about some of those over-unders, along with Ralph Russo. And they both mentioned that Tennessee is a team that will have a difficult time reaching seven wins because a lot of uh, the sports books have them at six-win total. Chris Felica said, I'm not sure how this Josh Heupel hire is going to work out. I actually thought UCF got the better end of bringing in Gus Malzahn and losing Heupel. But maybe it was a situation where UCF was going to start a decline anyway from that high level they've been at the last couple years. Tennessee kind of had a purge from the program with a lot of key players. They're in the SEC East with Florida and Georgia, who are definitely better than them. Uh, Felica says he thinks Kentucky is better than them. He noted Tennessee would have to go 7-5 and five to beat that over-under. And he said he doesn't mind a push. But he said, I don't see 7-5 and five at all there for Tennessee. If they can go 6-6, six and six, that's fine. But I think it's going to be very trying and very difficult in year one in Knoxville for Josh Heupel. In terms of an over, Felica said he already played the over 6.5 wins for Kentucky. He said, people just continue to doubt Mark Stoops. And I think, oh, it's an aberration. There's no way he's going to continue to have first-round pass rushers on defense every year. Yet he does. He said, I think seven wins is like bare minimum for Kentucky this year. It's probably closer to an eight and four type team. He said, I've seen some rose-colored glass viewpoints, maybe thinking 10 and two possibly for Kentucky. I think that's a little bit extreme. But Russo did say that uh, the SEC has three teams he thinks could be very bad this year. Felica followed up saying that a four-win South Carolina over-under. I think the Gamecocks have a very difficult home schedule and could win uh, four or less. said, but you need to be able to win your home games, and when you have three automatic losses at home, that's very hard to recover from. So 
There you go. Chris Felica's thoughts on some of the over-unders. Uh, it apparently doesn't take very long to make an offensive line coaching hire in the SEC West. We mentioned last week James Craig was let go by LSU. Well, he wasted, Coach Ed Ogeron wasted no time in going and grabbing Arkansas offensive line coach Brad Davis to replace James Craig. And that left an opening on Sam Pittman's staff. But that position in Fayetteville wasn't available very long. Coach Pittman turned right around and moved Cody Kennedy from tight ends coach to O-line coach. Kennedy most recently served as the offensive line coach at Tulane 2019 and 2020. Southern Miss hired Kennedy to serve as its offensive line and run game coordinator this offseason, but an offer to join Sam Pittman was too much to pass on. So uh, with Kennedy shifting over to coach the offensive line, Arkansas now has an opening at the tight ends coaching position. College Football Insider Bruce Feldman reporting that uh, Lee Grimes will be joining the LSU coaching staff as an analyst. Grimes had been hired as the offensive line coach at Kansas back in December, but of course we know Kansas had a head coaching change with Les Miles. Grimes is a uh, former lineman at Texas A&M. He's been coaching since 2012. He got his coaching uh, start coaching offensive line in high school and made the jump to college. Went to Minnesota as a grad assistant in 2016 and was on staff at Texas A&M from 2017 through 2019. Last year, he was the offensive line coach at UNC Charlotte. A lot of SEC schools were hosting recruits this past weekend. Good to see that getting back to a bit of normalcy. But Florida saw they hosted 13 official visitors, including a very highly regarded unofficial visitor as Kamari Wilson, the number nation's number two safety, was on campus with Dan Mullen and company. Arkansas, they had seven recruits over the weekend. Texas A&M had 11 official visitors. Alabama, I saw, hosted a ton of kids on Saturday. And then yesterday, on Sunday, LSU hosted over 700 kids at their indoor facility. And I saw they threw out a couple of offers to some members of the 20, class of 2023 and 2024. But just good to see the recruiting process across the SEC getting back to normal very quickly. And a lot of coaches have a lot of ground to make up missing uh, visits for the past calendar year. Speaking of recruiting, Mississippi State, they picked up their latest commitment for the class of 2020 from an in-state defensive end out of Jackson, Mississippi. Don Terry Russell, a four-star edge rusher, listed 6'4", 200 pounds. He's rated as the number 17 overall edge rusher in the junior class. He was recruited by Tony Hughes, had six other offers. Mississippi State now has the number 11 class in the country, according to 24-7 Sports. Bulldogs have 13 commitments in the class already, and Russell became the highest-rated player in this class, followed by fellow four-star offensive lineman Jacarius Clayton. Over in Tuscaloosa, Henry Toa Toa has officially landed there. The former standout Tennessee linebacker announced his transfer to Alabama a few weeks ago. But uh, following the offseason coaching change on Rocky Top, Toa Toa made the decision to leave Tennessee and now he will suit up for one of Tennessee's biggest rivals. There's a video shared over the weekend by Alabama Director of Sports Science Matt Rea. Toa Toa is uh, working out and already part of the Alabama program. Speaking of the tie, the running back room will lose another player. Kyle Edwards has entered his name into the transfer portal, according to AL.com's Matt Zenitz. His decision comes just four days after Keelan Robinson entered the portal. From Louisiana, originally, Edwards was part of the 2020 recruiting class, a three-star prospect. 
signed with the Tide over 15 other offers. He did not see any playing time during his freshman year at Alabama, so we'll see where he ends up. Another guy hitting the portal over at Mizzou, wide receiver Jalen Knox. After spending three years there, he is on the move. Last month, it was reported he was no longer a member of Eli Drinkwitz's team. He was a three-star recruit out of the state of Texas, so we'll see where he ends up. And there you have it. That is around the conference. Keep in mind, we are uh, in our off-season mode, so we're doing three days a week of the podcast. So we won't talk to you guys tomorrow, but we will be back on Wednesday for you. I encourage you guys, if you missed any of our recent podcasts the past couple weeks, go check out our two-parter with Chris Marler where we talked about the betonline.ag over-under win totals for the fall. A lot of good content there, talking about all 14 SEC teams and will they hit their over-under win totals this coming college football season so tons of great stuff we'll get into some more football talk throughout the week as well as later in the week we'll take a look ahead to the baseball super regionals happening uh, next weekend that's gonna do it for me chris gordy i'll talk to you guys wednesday here on locked on sec and a quick reminder get all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes with the locked on today podcast peter bukowski updates you on the latest news in every major sport with the help of Our local experts follow Locked On today on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.